Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today, we are discussing Plus and Minus Episode 3 of the Taiwanese BL Drama Series. This episode opens with Yuki and Mr. Lai kind of meeting for the first time, with Yuki grabbing the dustbin. Um, Amy and Nikita are there, and they're very angry, and they're looking at Yuki, and Yuki is just picking up the trash very quietly, and Nikita's like, what are you doing, Yuki? And she says, we're going to clean this up, and it will be all right. And he then looks at Mr. Lai, and he goes, can you, can you hand me the dustpin, please, so I can finish this up? I think that this is a very interesting introduction for these two. I'm still kind of on the fence with what I think about Yuki. I'm like, is he a good guy? Is he a bad guy? Is he kind of an in-between guy? We don't really know. But anyway, he picks up the trash that Mr. Lai is. Mr. Lai then goes into his laundromat and Zing and Fu are coming by um, early from work. And Yuki says, are you guys coming to have a drink here? And they say, no, no, we have we have a uh, we have a previous engagement, Ms. Zing says. And so Yuki's like, okay, I'll see you later. But anyway, you then segue over to Fu and Zing at the apartment watching this really badly done murder mystery. I mean, I really, I like, there's a lot of blood, there's a lot of drama, and then there's sort of plus and minus on the floor, which looks like the symbol for Earth in Mandarin. And I'm sitting there going, I don't, I don't know if they're trying to make this look really hokey, but this is a really weird murder mystery thing. But anyway, Fu's sitting there eating his popcorn, Zing's eating his popcorn. At the end of it, Zing's like, this is a terrible way to end this series. Why do we have to wait for the next season? And Fu's like, well, if you don't like the series, we can cancel the subscription. And Zing goes, well, that, that would make you feel bad, Fu, if we didn't have the subscription to this channel. And Fu's sitting there going... I'm not going to tell him, but I only have the subscription because of him. And Zings goes, you you only have the subscription because I like to watch this TV series? And Fu goes, mm, 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 no, no, of course not. And Zing goes, oh, you always look out for me. And then he tries to give him like this squish face little thing. And he goes, my, my, my beer is empty. Can you go get me another Fu? And Fu's like, okay, I'll go get you another beer. So he gets up to go get Zing another beer. As he's away, Zing is trying to rewind the series so he can watch the last bit again to see if it really is a plus or minus, as Fu says, or if it's the Earth sign, as he says. And as he does so, he sees this little box in front of the TV. Now, my question is, why did Fu leave the little box in front of the TV? That's the one part of this episode that didn't make a lot of sense. We kind of going, Fu's personality would have had that box hidden like his, I don't know, special private drawer, not out in the open where Zing could get it. But anyway, Zing starts to open the box, and Fu grabs it from him, hands him his beer, and goes, as according to the law code of Taiwan, you could get up to five months to six years in prison for robbing another person of movable personal items. And Zing's going, you know, what's in the box, Fu? And Fu says, I, I'm, no, you're not getting in the box. This is my property. And so, Anyway, Zing heads out that evening, and he's going, I wonder what was in the box that Fu wouldn't let me look in. 
So anyway, we then segue back to when the two of them were in high school, and there was this little street, uh, what do you call it, street seller on the sidewalk who was saying that there were some items that were blessed by the god of love. And Fu really liked this plus and minus keychain that divided in half so one person could have one half, one person could have the other. And he was looking at it one day before his birthday, before his 18th birthday, and Zing came up and said, is there something here that you like? And she's like, no, no, not at all. And so he then has thinking about this and how that's what's in the box. But anyway, we find that out a little later in the story. But we're going to segue now to the next day there at the law firm. And Fu and Zing are working on the case regarding a woman whose husband was caught for criminal activity and who also... Um, caused physical harm to her to the point that she has notes from the hospital on the harm. So pretty bad situation. But anyway, they're working on that case together, and Zing's dad comes to the law firm with lunch for the two boys, and he meets Zing and Fu, and Fu's dad and Zing's dad start talking about their boys. And Zing, Fu's dad says, to Zing said, you really don't need to worry about the boys. Maybe they already have partners that they're happy with. We don't know what they're doing in their lives, but it'll all work out. And Zing said, goes, you know what? I don't know whether they have partners or not, but Fu will be fine. My son, I don't know about. And he and Zing said, goes, you know, if Fu, if you do have a girlfriend, bring her to the shop. I will happily make a meal for her. And then Zing goes, what about me, Dad? And he says, well, if you have a partner, I will make a feast for the community because that'll be amazing. So anyway, they're talking about this. I think it's kind of interesting because Zing's dad and Fu's dad are really, how is this? They are, Zing's dad's a little like the duck in Kung Fu Panda is how I kind of see him. Not because the duck in Kung Fu Panda is Chinese character, simply because they're both kind of the the din dad mom combination which is utterly charming but can be a little smothering at times in a good way i mean that in the best of ways but i'm just going you know i don't know why it is that people think that they need to try to boss their children around when it comes to who they're going to end up with i'm like you know i haven't ever had a kid who has a significant other but when they do I really hope I'm the kind of mom who just sits there and goes I'm so happy that you found someone who you like and who likes you back and that it's going so well for you too because I'm like really at the end of the day that's all that matters and I also hope I'm the kind of din mom who at some point if they my kids don't have another significant other sit there and go I'm so happy that you are happy in your life, whether you have a partner or whether you don't have a partner. Who's a... I mean, I don't know. I'm just thinking it, it's, a good, it's a good thing to be happy in life. But anyway, so Fu and Zing are eating lunch together at the law firm. Fu then segues his mind back to when they were kids eating noodles at a noodle shop. And how they were getting ready to go to Fu's birthday party and talking about did did um did Zing want to know if Fu had bought him a present? And Fu was told that there was cake and a party on the rooftop. 
Then we go to present time, and they're eating noodles now at the same shop with the same shopkeeper. And it's kind of funny. I'm like, yeah, things don't really change in 10 years sometimes. But anyway, so they're eating noodles, and um, Zing gets a call that his one friend is brokenhearted and because they are now single again, and they all want to go out drinking to commiserate with this friend. So anyway, they um, Zing agrees to go out to drink with, um, and he'll bring Fu along. Well, the next day, Yuki is walking to work, and Mr. Lai and Ling Ling, his daughter, are coming toward Yuki, and Ling Ling is running with some ice cream. Well, she by accident bumps into Yuki, and Yuki sits down and goes, I'm sorry, my ice cream, my sweater ate your ice cream. And Mr. Lei is sitting there going, oh no, this is the person who works for the bar who is always angry with me. I really don't want to have to have another uh, confrontation with this person. And so you can tell he's just sitting there going, conflict, conflict, conflict alarm, like big lights of conflict alarm are running through his brain. And Yuki just sits there and goes, it's okay. Here's some cake for your daughter since she doesn't have her ice cream. And could you wash my sweater since you own the laundromat up above? Is that all right? And Mr. Lai's like, oh, okay, I can do that. I think the the interesting thing about Yuki and Mr. Lai as the story progresses and as you get to know both characters is I think it's in the episode right after this. And it really took me literally three times to figure this out. I don't know if it's because I've been particularly busy and a little sleep deprived or I, I'm blaming my density on that. But anyway, there's a scene in the following episode following this where Yuki asks Nikita, he says, if the sun didn't shine on the moon, what would that be like? The sun needs the moon, but the moon also needs the sun, even if it could shine on its own. I'm sitting there going, oh goodness, he's talking about Mr. Lay and him. Because I'm going, or Mr. Lai and him. Because I'm going, oh, he, he really had a crush on this person for a while. But anyway, so, but I think what's interesting about Mr. Lai and Yuki, and again, I don't know how that's going to pan out in the storyline if they're Usually with Taiwanese dramas, the couples always end up happy until season two when they're at each other's throats for divorce, as we see with the I Do Be Loved in House, Jin Yu Zin and Shi Li in this season. I'm really hoping they don't get a divorce. Uh, that'd be enough to just really tick off a lot of people who like Taiwanese BL dramas. Uh, not to name any names, but anyway. So, but the thing I think is interesting about Mr. Lai and Yuki is you have two very different people. I think with Mr. Lai, he is so worried that he could cause trouble in a relationship because he lives an ordinary life. He lives quietly. He doesn't do anything flashy. He's very calm and quiet and just living his life, making coffee when he has the time, playing with his daughter, trying to make sure that she has as good a life as possible. I really think the the saddest thing about Mr. Lai is he he really thinks that he doesn't have anything to offer anybody in the world. And I'm going, he's a really nice person. He has a successful business. He is a very steady character. And he has an absolutely charming daughter. I mean, 
there are far more perks to a relationship that he would bring to it than negatives. And I think with Yuki, I think the funny thing is, is Yuki is one of those characters that on the outside everyone thinks, oh, look at Yuki, he's... I don't know why they really like his long bangs, but anyway, the women seem to go mad over his long bangs. But I think the the thing with Yuki is it's one thing to have people who admire you, and it's another thing to have people who actually give a hoot about you. And I think that the fact that Yuki grew up without a dad, and he sees this person who, even though they are divorced from their spouse, they're still doing what they can to keep that connection with their daughter, to try to make things as good and as even-killed as possible for that kid. I think Yuki sees that and goes, I really like that. I really like that this person is steady, whereas I'm a bit more chaotic in my nature. And he might be the sun and I might be the moon, but that might be what is needed in a relationship. And so I really like that aspect of them. I also really like how Yuki is so calm and how he approaches things. Like when when Lele spills that ice cream all over him, most adults would sit there and go, ice cream all over me, I'm getting ready to go to work. Whereas Yuki is just sitting there going, my sweater ate your ice cream, I am so sorry, Lele, here's a cake from my boss, and because he gave the cake to Lele, he had to go clean a toilet because Nikita was very upset that he had given her cake to, he said he ate it, which, no, no, he didn't, but it was better than probably saying that he gave it to the laundry shop owner up above who Nikita really had a problem with. But anyway... At the end of this episode, Zing, Fu, and their friends are at the bar with Yuki, and Yuki comes over to play the king game. I am not really sure why the king game is popular in Asian drama, but it shows up in J-dramas. It shows up in Taiwanese dramas. I'm not sure if it shows up in K-dramas. I really don't know because I don't watch a ton of K-drama. But anyway, the king game is basically a game where they hand out cards, whoever has the king card can ask whoever has two other cards to those two parties to do something. Usually they try to have people of the same sex who are heterosexual kiss one another because they think it's funny. I really don't see the amusement in this game because it's basically forced bullying of, in a way. I mean, no offense. It's, it's not a thoughtful thing to do. And I don't think you should ever have this you shouldn't kiss someone lightly, and if you're if you're heterosexual, I really don't see why you're kissing someone of the same sex. Or sex, I just find that very odd, personally. Anyway, but I'm just saying. But Yuki hands out the cards, and they basically one car- one person makes them make funny faces, the other makes them rub noses for Fu and Zing. At the end of the day, though, Yuki has the cards, and he says, I want the cards of these two to kiss one another. Now, I don't know, because with Yuki, it's like, he's such a jester character. You don't know if he's doing it to see what Fu is going to do, because I really think that that is probably why he did it, because he's like, if Fu was left to his own devices, he would sit there and care about Zing till the cows come home without saying or doing anything. In many ways, I think that 
Fu is a lot like the character of Pat in Bad, or, no, sorry. Fu is a lot like the character of Pran in Bad Buddy, except not as likable as Pran. I'm sorry, but Pran is, uh, I mean, Pran and Pat are hard to beat in Bad Buddy, I'm just saying. But anyway, Fu is a lot like Pran in that he has cared for Zing for over 10 years, probably way more than that, to be completely honest. And he does not know how to go from that care, which is welled up inside him, to actually walking out with that Karen saying, I really like this person because that is very hard for him. And in the same way, Zing is a lot like Pat in that he's an absolute utter doofball. Now, I say that with a great appreciation for doofballs. I think doofballs are great. But he's utterly oblivious to the fact that Fu has cared him for so long with very little, I mean, no offense, I'm like, who's the kind of person that's like, I like my person. I will always like this person. I might not be with this person, but there is no other person who I like. And I'm not saying that those kind of people don't change, because I think that there can be certain situations where someone else walks into life and they go, oh, this is actually my person. But I think that's a very rare thing. So anyway, Fu sees Zing kissing his schoolmate on the cheek, and Fu says, you know what, I'm not feeling well, I'm going to be leaving now. And so he gets up, Yuki is watching him, and uh, earlier in the evening, Yuki turned to Nikita and he said, you know, I'm really surprised to see Fu here, because Fu is a lot like you, Nikita. And Nikita goes, well, what do you mean by that, Yuki? He says, well, I'm just, I'm just saying he's a lot like you in personality. So I don't know if Nikita has some secret um, admirer that she likes that she's never been able to say anything to, I'm guessing, but who knows. But anyway, so you, um, Fu leaves the bar. We then go to the next scene where he's walking down the road and he is suddenly stopped by Zing, who grabs him and puts his head close to him. Now, we don't know at this point if they're getting ready to kiss or not. I, I wouldn't say that would be the first thing that would come to mind unless, you know, I mean, when Zing gets drunk, he tends to kiss through. It just seems to be that way. But anyway, that's the conclusion of this episode. I would say that I'm really starting to like the series much better after we get to the third episode and on from that, just because we have the characters develop a little more and they're not as kind of hokey in the acting as we see in episode one and two, for example. Um, you can watch this series on Vicky Rukatan. I believe it is a Vicky original. It is from Taiwan. The subtitles are in English and several other languages. I would highly recommend it because I really think that it's going to get a lot even better than it is now as its story progresses here. We are on episode 7 this week. I think we have 15 weeks of this, so we're about next week. I'm lighting a candle on a cake with yay because we are half over halfway done with the series. And then we can binge watch it this summer. The other thing for those of you who are into BL drama, just so you know from what I've heard online, they're coming out with To My Star Season 2 this June. I'm not seeing anything on Vicky Rukaton yet about that. It's just stuff I'm seeing on YouTube, um, people's um, updates about that. There's also a little promo because they had a fan meet in Korea for To My Star. To My Star is a Korean BL drama series. It's one of the few that I would highly recommend other than Color Rush. Um, 
No offense to Korean BLs, they're just not of the same caliber as Thai or Taiwanese typically. Again, there are always exceptions. Color Rush was great. The first one, I'm not talking about the second one, peeps. I haven't watched the second one, so I don't know. I watched the end and I was like, this is not like the first one. But I'm going to give it a more, more liberal viewpoint after I watch the whole thing. But anyway, if you haven't seen To My Star, I would definitely try to binge watch that. There's a movie of it, and there is also a series of it available on Vicky Rukaton. Um, it's a very good production. If you enjoy BLs that aren't always about like high schoolers, etc., no offense, but a lot of BLs tend to be about high schoolers or kids that are in college. To My Star is one that is kind of the same kind of caliber as I Do Be Loved in House or plus and minus because we're dealing with people that are in their mid to late 20s who have already finished up their education and are kind of getting started in their careers or, or in their careers. With that is my review of Plus and Minus Episode 3. Check it at the round table. Bye! Hi, this is Anna, and this is Check It at the Round Table, where we discuss movies, books, music, and stuff. Today, we are discussing how you can connect with us on social media and also how you can support us. We are reachable at this lovely podcast on various platforms. We also have several YouTube channels, The Hand Network, Check It Roundtable, and also The Asian Drama Club. I will drop the links in the description so you can check those out. You can also reach us online at our website. That's onacar.com. That's O-N-N-A-C-A-R-R.com. You can support us through either PayPal or Venmo. Our PayPal email address is roses, R-O-S-E-S, out of the snow, O-U-T-O-F-S-N-O-W at gmail.com. And you can support us also on Venmo. The, the connection for that is at on a car, and that's uppercase O and uppercase C, and it's O-N-N-A-C-A-R-R. The last four to verify are 1143. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you soon. Bye.